if I could summon burps, that would have been the perfect. Uh, there you there go. There it is. Oh. Yeah. Oh, hot. That was hot. 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 Ow. This is okay. a spicy burp. Mm. What's after breakfast? What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. Did y'all see there was another damn stabbing downtown today? Multiple Not, stabbings within 30 minutes? Wait, what? Not I didn't know about the first stabbing. Guy. Yeah. That's so such a bummer. That Not one is a bummer. Guy. What was the other stabbing? It happened today. Oh. Uh, and it was right by where, you know, we hang out a lot down uh, Red River and 6th. Well, that's not surprising. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was it somebody who... Uh, Home challenged? Deserved it? Yes. No, I'm just oh, saying. I don't know. Was on the open mic list. <laughs> Maybe, okay. but um, probably not. All right. <laughs> well, did anybody <laughs> die? I don't. I don't read that far. Huh. You know, I'm sure man, they would have whatever. started with that if they had. Yeah, they well, wouldn't be like there was a stabbing. Let's describe it in detail. Also, they died. I mean, maybe did. though. Was it in the the Statesman? Because yeah, maybe they'd write it's it on that KXAN. Way. Yeah, but also like I just I read headlines, you know. Yeah, I still think the death would be in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's all fine. I mean, we do just nice, casual, friendly stabbings here in Austin, except for the Freebirds guy. Oh, he yeah, died. Yeah, he did. It's well, he died, but he also killed somebody. Well, did that's he? fair. Mm-hmm. One of the employees died. No, I know the employee died. Yeah, but then he. Oh, mate. No, I'm wrong. He jumped off the roof, but he didn't die. You mean the stabber jumped yes. off the roof? Okay. After the stabbing, like, oh no, I stabbed somebody, and now my punishment is to jump off a roof. Yeah, he, he was, was like evading cops, making a ruckus oh. at the coffee shop next door to the Freebirds on South Congress mm-hmm. in Austin, mm-hmm. Texas. And uh, the guy, they were like, I think kicking him out or something. And he ran next door to Freebirds and like freaked out and stabbed the people who were like opening. Oh and the one of them died. And it's what? tragic. Jeez. But Freebirds donated all their proceeds mm-hmm. a couple of days ago from the entire day to his family, mm-hmm. which was nice. Yeah, but I don't understand anybody. Just like don't stab people. Being violent in a Freebirds. That place right? is it's like so chill. Freebirds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that's such a poly thing. It, yeah, that's where you get angry. But also, like, stop talking to me like you know me. You know, mm. Mm. free birds, buds, fucking bro. thundercloud. Let's just chill out. All right, Sandwich I'm hungry. That's why artist. I'm in here. <laughs> I do not want to know that you woke up at 4 a.m. and just couldn't go back to sleep. I, d- I don't care. <laughs> it literally happened yesterday. Yeah, I don't have any spare melatonin. Please give me my sandwich i'm gonna go take a nap when i'm off my shift okay cool can i just have my fucking sandwich lisa i'm sorry it's really good sandwiches though go to fucking thundercloud well it's right next to your work right yeah so is that free bird and the free free birds thundercloud's great i take my kids to thundercloud all the time and we play a game call it uh guess how high the person making our sandwich was um and And they don't even know super high what marijuana is but they know what being high at work is because we've calibrated it (laughs) based on thundercloud employees i feel like they're at the threshold like the top of it you get you get a full spectrum you get some very like sober thundercloud sandwich makers Hmm. very peppy you mean artists no that's that's subway is it subway (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. i think i think thundercloud acknowledges it's a job okay yeah but yeah you get some really peppy ones who'll get it done like lickety split and then Mm -hmm. you know you get people who take their time and really put their heart into it that special sauce. Mm-hmm. 
You okay? Kind of make whatever sandwich they yeah, want. Yeah, I'm trying to. to cross my legs, but they're oh, too. Um, you're not itching your crotch. <laughs> too tall. They're too much. <clears throat> no, I did that in the car. I like to tight. You know, do that in private. Yeah, I, I've seen you do it in public, but that's cool. Well, that's just when we're making eye contact. Ooh, crotch <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Who doesn't like it? Um. Well, welcome to Weird Brunch. Mm. Welcome to Crotch Stuff. <laughs> crotch talk. Crotch talk. Crotch brunch. I actually really like crotch talk. That's pretty good. Uh, that's funny. Um. Yeah. Welcome to Weird Brunch. I'm Whitney Lamond. I'm Lisa Friedrich. I'm Karina Magyar. Oh, it's three yeah. crotches. We all got these three crotches coming at you live. Crotches, yeah. and they are hot. <laughs> hot crotches. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah! Oh, this is all so great because um, they're also hot pockets. They're also hot pockets. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Uh, well, on that note, I guess this is a type of crevice. So is that how it loops in here? Probably yeah, not. you've got a crevice story. Yes, it's perfect. There's, there's crevasse. a crevasse um, oh, in North England, mm. and it's really beautiful looking. It's called the Bolton Strid, and it is a strid. S T R I D Bolton Strid. Ugh. That's that's a worse word than crotch somehow. That's also it. Feels like it should be from Game of Thrones, right? Yes. I Bolton. Mean, Bolton. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, excuse me. That's where they train so, the dogs. <laughs> the Bolton Strid. Yeah. The, uh, well, mm. I guess Ramsey was the one who got eaten by all the dogs. Spoiler alert. Whatever. <laughs> um, so the Strid is a natural body of water. Well, part of one. So there's a big river. And the Strid is a portion of the river that people have manipulated over time so that it... Um, <laughs> I just imagine them gaslighting this river. <laughs> right? Are you sure you want to go left here? I don't I don't know. Yeah, no, that rock was always yeah, there. Definitely. No, not um, building a dam. <laughs> so it, the Strid... So this river that is... It's the River Wharf, W-H-A-R-F-E. It's 30 feet across, and this strid funnels it down to this tiny, kind of tiny, um, very deep crevasse uh, to move it through to fucking wherever it's flowing to, right? People kind of, like I said, manipulated it into being that way. Um, and the thing about the Strid is that because of this deepness and then this huge river being funneled down to something that's relatively short across, mm-hmm. uh, it creates a like terrible, terrible kind of, I don't know if you could call it an undertow, but it fucking sucks you down, even though it looks like you could jump across this piece of water. Um, People say that the Strid has a 100% mortality rate. So don't fucking get stuck in it because you 100% will die. Um, The oldest known legend of the Bolton Strid dates back to 1154 when a kid named William de Romley, who they call the boy of Egremont, (laughs) God, the uh, 1100s I know, sucked. Yeah. 
attempted to leap across the strid while he was hunting and he didn't make it and was swept under never to be seen again. Uh, the legend has it that the boy's mother was so upset by the loss of her son. She donated all the land on this, like around the strid and gave it to a bunch of monks. So they would pray for her dead kid. Mm. Who got swept and was never seen again. So his family owned all that land? Yeah, I guess. The strid was, was on their the land. 11. So it's their fault. Hundreds. They stridded it. Yeah. Okay. They straight up strode. They strode it? Strode. Um, another story from the strid uh, is there was a couple in 1998. Jump forward a few hundred years. Uh, Barry and Lynn call it were hiking on the wharf on the second day of their honeymoon when a flash flood straight up came and about five feet of water rose up in less than a minute because of heavy rains from the night before and they both got swept into the strid lynn was found six days later in west yorkshire and Barry was not found until an entire month later, 10 months downstream. Mm. Um, 10 months downstream? <laughs> yeah, we're going to 10 miles downstream. Okay. Fucking whatever, dude. Oh. Um, what was that distance? I don't know, about 10 months? She moved, about yeah. took a long She time. moved a mile a month. Yeah. 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 It's, it's hard to swim when you're dead. Yeah, you can't. Nope. You just float. Yes. Hell float. Gently down the stream. <laughs> that one too. It's good. Mm -hmm. Um two young lovers. Mm, any oh. uh sad rural Alberta advantage fans out there? No. What? Well, anyways, they have a song that starts out that way. Uh two young lovers who were supposed to elope together. The woman was afraid she was going to get caught on her way to meet her soon-to-be husband and was like, I'm going to take back roads, bitch. And uh, she didn't go to the wharf bridges and she was like, I can make it across the strid. And turns out she missed and um, she was pulled deep down into the water. He ended up seeing it and tried to save her and uh, died too. Oh, okay. Everybody's fucking dying. Just five for five. Yeah. Five for fighting. There you go. <laughs> uh, this one's way more recent. Uh, in 2010, the Strid took an eight-year-old kid named Aaron Page. He was celebrating his birthday on one of the hottest days of the year and playing on slippery stepping stones that lined the strid. He slid down the riverbank and fell into the water. A passerby tried to grab hold of him to save him, but the super strong current yanked him from his grasp and dragged him below the surface. Oh, man. His remains were found three hours later. That's about three miles down. Three mm -hmm. miles mm -hmm. later, mm -hmm. his... Um, <laughs> His shit was found. His shit was found. Shit was found. And Sorry, then, that's super. We mean. found that shit. Well, yeah, well, we're talking about a child body. I feel bad. So now. the thing I, I hear in common here is that none of these people probably knew how to swim. Is that a factor? 
I would think most people would know. I don't know. People swim over there, right? I thought, well, the long time ago people. <laughs> the long ago people didn't, swam. Wasn't swimming just invented recently? Was <laughs> Oh, my God. I don't know. If you say that and it's no. true, Lisa will kill herself. I have literally never felt like the smart one in the room, but right now feels good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Googling it. Uh, it was invented in 1830. 19? 18. But I mean, people know how to swim. Like I'm just I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was no. like, no way. Although it's sort of not. Competitive swimming was invented in 1830. That but makes no, sense. I think you're right. People knew how to swim. I just thought it was like reading. Like it was less common. Mm. People didn't try. Well, yeah. Like you didn't have pools and you didn't have people trying to like teach you how to swim unless you lived near an ocean or had right. to but sailors know how to swim I right assume. but this is like this Minimum. Is, this is land people right these are land people yeah maybe I don't know. uh here's a fun one i think i could survive anyway i just want to bring those stats down to like 99.9 i always mm-hmm. thought that mm-hmm. i'm gonna do that that's my like bucket like, list now isn't there like dogs automatically know how to swim and i feel i know you have to learn how to swim but i feel like a person if you really were like dropped into a body of water you could figure out how to at least float right Mm -hmm. yeah people take their like four months old to swim yeah because you're straight up and you don't just drop you but you hold them for like a month and then they're like look at me bitch yeah for a month yeah that's a mile yeah, that's right. A whole so mile. <laughs> you don't, you don't, you can't just drop a person in water and they won't just figure it out. Well, but like instinctually, those babies they'll start try. Like, yeah, but they so, won't. Yeah, but instinct. Lisa's okay. done this you need with a, a lot of, of babies. I've thrown so many babies just, into water. And Lisa, baby, she's putting it in the water. <laughs> okay. Um. So anyway, tough love. Swimming is hard. At the Strid, there's also a spectral horse that appears at the moment someone drowns. Now I'm listening. Ooh. Right. Uh, many mysterious natural death traps are haunted by a ghostly or demonic entity, such as the case with the Bolton Strid. And legend says that when the Strid claims a person, a spectral white horse rises from the bubbling waters of the wharf as mm. the body is dragged down to his watery grave. See, the horse can swim. Yeah, of course. And a horse knows how to swim. Yes. You don't have to teach a fucking horse to swim. Especially in that spectral one. Yeah. Um, three, in, in this legend, three sisters from nearby Bainsley Hole went to the strange Bainsley Hole! Woo! Goodness. Sorry. It's okay. Um, shout that. It, it was good. They went to the Strid to try and see this horse, which was thought to be ridden by the Queen of Fairies. And mm. that's clickable in this Ranker article. What year was this that they did this? Mm, it doesn't say, but I would guess what? If it's like three sisters and there's a Queen of Fairies, like. The 17 or 1800s? Mm. Yeah. Or right? 1969. Or, or like yesterday. 1998. Um, yeah. <laughs> Spice Girls. Mm-hmm. Fairies. Let's go. The Spice deal. Girls at the Strid. The sisters went down to the stretch of water to see the queen, but all three disappeared mysteriously. Mm. 
The horse got him. The horse fucking <laughs> got him. They were looking for the queen of fairies. And they fairies found the aren't always good. Con- nope. Carnivorous water horse of Bangsley Hole. Bangsley Hole. Um, over the years, it the Bolton Strid has been immortalized in poetry from like William's Walt, William Wordsworth, sorry, um, and other people. The who cares? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, in 2018, there was a scandal on the Strid involving <laughs> 20,000 fish. Um, wait, what? Yeah. Oh my God. So those monks that were hired by that woman to grieve her son back in the 1100s, yeah. they founded Bolton Abbey on the land on top of, you know, fucking praying all the time or whatever. And now in 2018, Bolton Abbey is still there and they have a trout hatchery located on the Strid. But um, somebody in 2018 entered the hatchery and diverted essential water, the essential water supply to a large storage tank containing 20,000 American rainbow trout and all fish escaped through and out into the strid. Why the fuck are we giving them our fish? Yeah, man. I don't know, man. Taxes. <laughs> but anyways, uh, that's the fun little story about oh. the Bolton strid. And I took basically everything from this Ranker article that I found by Jonathan Sherman. So thanks, guy. I was really hoping that the scandal was like between the fish. Like one fish did something right. really awful and the other <laughs> fish were like, no, you did it. Yeah. And then it's like a fish fight. Mm-hmm. Huh. Fish fingers. So why don't they fix it? What? The strid. I mean, if it kills people, people just like don't swim in it. And it's, I guess it's, nec- I guess they could widen it if they felt like it. But yeah. it is really pretty. If you look it up, like it's, it's real pretty. It looks and like one of those places that Instagram models would go and like look around and then fall into the river and die. die. <laughs> Which sounds funny to me why haven't why hasn't anybody been like let me get my scuba suit and go check this because shit out the water so the water oh, is it's just down. a little rapid yeah it's also going so fast mm-hmm. that like i don't even know if you could swim against it if you were in a scuba suit i mean i guess you could wait something and then maybe go down but yeah, you can see right to the bottom it's so shallow it sounds terrifying this looks like every stream in colorado (laughs) like it does like every mountain stream in colorado looks like this we just don't people don't jump in it because they know better well yeah there are warning signs around the strid Mm -hmm. which i mean we can't like get rid of every dangerous place on earth because people fall into it yeah i mean there's also warning signs around lion cages at zoos but Mm -hmm. kids love getting in that shit and Mm -hmm. adults Mm mm-hmm it's true. Can't stop kids. Nobody can. <laughs> Diving, jumping, and swimming is prohibited. Well, speaking of things that are prohibited, Woo! let's talk about women's athletics in the mid-20th century. <laughs> and how they should still be prohibited. Yeah. Ban it now. So, um, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but apparently women also play soccer and uh, have done so for quite some time. But uh, 
nobody wanted them to um, for a long, long, long time. I so, get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll be playing the part of straight white male right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, no, just straight is sufficient. Um, anyway, so <laughs> the uh, 1950s saw a huge like uptick in popularity of women playing soccer just for fun because it's a fun game if you've got nothing else to do. And uh, it became really, really popular in Europe, of course, um, and then also Latin America, of course, where soccer is popular in general. So uh, round about then, they tried to organize, like the World Cup was exploding in popularity in the 40s and 50s. And the women were like, we should have a tournament like that. And they tried to organize it. Um, but FIFA who, if you know anything about soccer, is evil and full of scandals and corrupt and exactly, have always been the worst. Um, Basically, in 1951, told Nicaragua, like, you know, we're not going to officially recognize your women's team because we don't want to do women's soccer. Women isn't ours. It's FIFA. The word man is in it. It's not. But, you know, it's for men. We don't do women's games. So they were like, okay. So... There was no support whatsoever, and you need support to, like, get the stadiums and sponsorships and stuff. So it had to be grassroots. So from the 50s through the 60s, uh, this grassroots kept building and building and building um, until in 1969, they started the Federation Internationale Europeenne de Football Feminine. Ooh. Or I was like, what is that? It's almost FIFA, but thief. it's kind of like the sound of a queef. FIFA. Mm-hmm. It's La Quifa. <laughs> um, <laughs> At least that's what ours sound like. It sounded better than <laughs> their first name, which was Crotchball. But crotch ball. <laughs> bouncing titties. <laughs> they didn't have sports bras back then. That's no. probably why they were like, "Yeah, They're women's soccer." What's up with that? Corsets. They weren't wearing... Wait, what year is it? 1960s. There's some type of foundation under there. Yeah, like no, they real had, pony bras. They were burning bras in this decade. Oh, so yeah. I think they had some, but not probably good ones. Anyway. <laughs> Off the bras, back to the story. So they, they formed a little tiny tournament with four teams in Turin that was just Denmark, England, France, and Italy. Uh, Italy beat Denmark three one. Whoop de doo. Yeah, but there was just a tiny little European. Okay. that was the E in Fief. Okay, and uh, it went well. Like people came to watch, and it was exciting, and the newspapers covered it. And FIFA was still like, nah, you know, we right. don't, we don't want anything to do Dude with that. Only. Dude's only for the World Cup. You guys just play for fun. Um, but Fief was able to get some businesses backing it, including Martini and Rossi. Oh. And Martini and Rossi was like, hey, 1970, the very next year, let's do something called the Martini Rossi Cup. And they sure. invited four more teams. So now there's eight teams, seven Europeans, and one from Mexico. Because there was a really Fun. good team in Mexico. The Mexican team had no money. So they barely get themselves across mm-hmm. through help from FIFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when they show up for the little opening ceremonies, they don't even have a flag. 
they didn't have a, like any uh-huh. uniforms or anything. So what they did is the Italians gave them their flag and then they just taped an Aztec uh-huh. calendar to it to represent uh-huh. the little Mexican crest uh-huh. in the middle. And they just held that. And so like they're real grassroots. Oh my God. This makes me think about. So adorable. The guy who ran the marathon or whatever. That oh yeah. They yeah the Cuban to. guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That they had to give shoes to. Um, but they did really well. They came in third place. Uh, Denmark won. Third out of five. Third out of eight. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so Mex- they lost to Italy in the semifinals, and then um, they beat England for the third place. So they beat England. Hell yeah. Go is- Mexico. Were, hey. were f- women, you know that Aztec game where you hit, it's like basketball and soccer combined? Yeah. Were women allowed to do that? I don't think so in Aztec times because didn't they sacrifice the entire other team when they lost? Oh, didn't they sacrifice women for fun? Yeah, exactly. They didn't need an excuse to sacrifice women, but they had to like like, have a little game to see who would get sacrificed. Let's get a whole team of good luck. Let's play the game, and the winners and the losers get sacrificed. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, as long as everybody's having a good time. As long as everyone is celibate, your sacrifice. Your trophy is your celibate, (laughs) and that too. So anyway, it went really well, and everybody was like, hey, the Mexicans are pretty awesome, so we're going to drop the European from the name, and it became just the Federation International, the Football Feminine, or FIFA. So now it's FIFA. A little bit better. Not cool, right? Uh, And like the Mexican team was like, everybody loved them. Like, you guys are fun. You're fun to party with. You're cool. You're Mm -hmm. good at soccer. Let's do this again. And they're like, yeah, let's do this again. And Martini and Rossi was like, let's definitely do this again. We made so much money. Um, on people showing like 60,000 fans were showing up to Hell the games, yeah. right? So Wait, Martini and Rossi is, I know the name, but is it booze? Sparkling water and oh. gin and vermouth. Oh, gin and, and vermouth. I okay. don't know if gin anymore, I, but I like I think I know mixers. the, I'm pretty sure the vermouth is still the kind yeah. we use today in the bar business. <laughs> anyways so fifth said okay we're gonna really, we're gonna really throw a world cup. Hey FIFA, you went on to this? And FIFA was like, no. No, we want nothing to do with it. You guys do whatever you want. We do men only. And they're like, cool, we're going to throw a World Cup. And then FIFA was like, the fuck you are. Okay. No, like we said, we have nothing to do with it. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to throw it in Mexico because the actual men's World Cup was just there in 1970. This was the Pele one with the bicycle kick. The Mm -hmm. really, really, Mm -hmm. yeah. The one everybody even who's a super casual soccer fan knows about. And FIFA was like, Mexico, huh? Okay. And then they got on the phone with the like FIFA people in Mexico and just said, look, you can't give them any stadiums. You can't give them any support. You cannot do anything or we're cutting you off. Like we will cut Mexico out of FIFA if you support the Women's World Cup in any way. So they had like, not only did they not have the support of FIFA, but they were kind of banned from using any of the World Cup facilities that were built there. But... In 1968, Mexico hosted the Summer Olympics, Fuck and they yeah. built a stadium for that called Estadio Azteca that holds 120,000 people. Woo. And so FIF was like, fuck it. Let's yeah. do it in the Azteca. FIF it. So they threw it in the biggest stadium in Mexico City, and they got, oh, God, the sponsorships. They got huge sponsorships, like from all these beverage companies and American companies and European companies. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. It was like going super Chico well. Chico was there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, whoever was behind it really knew what the hell they were doing because they like promoted it really well. The whole country really got into it because Mexico was super soccer crazy at this mm-hmm. time. And it was Pele time. It was yeah. Olympics time. It's the sport. Yeah, it was the sport and Mexico was really good at it. So they were like, yeah, hell yeah, we want to cheer on our women's team. And so like all the women's team players became super famous. We're getting interviewed and followed around. Wheaties boxes. Wheaties boxes. They even had one player named Alicia Vargas who was named (laughs) La Pele. Hell yeah. Because she was like the best. And they even started covering the other teams that they invited over, all those European teams. So like the the English team Mm -hmm. who literally played in parks for like anybody who happened to be walking their dog and stopped and watched. Right. Just no infrastructure. Like a high school soccer game. Came over and they were like, I got off the plane and they had jet lag because they had to fly through America. And they like thought, well, we're just going to go to our hotel. And they were like fans, photographs, fans, people holding up Inglaterra and like shouting for them. How and they're like, cool. is there somebody else famous on this plane right? or like the Beatles here? And they're like, no, it's you. Let's go. We got to get you to the TV station. You've got interviews. You've got this and that. And they were like, and they're like dude. Oh, my God, my hair. I know. Yeah, they yeah. were really freaked out. So I'd be pissed about that. Yeah, they were. Oh, they yeah. were really thrown by that. The very next day, they get into the Azteca for the uh, quarterfinal, and there's 80,000 fans. They've literally never played for more than 100. Hell yes. You know, so like, what? Do it. Um, and it's super loud. They did. They lost that game so bad. Oh, shit. I'm sure they were just overwhelmed. They were super overwhelmed. In fact, they ended up, uh, they lost the next game too, and then they got to play a consolation game. And for the consolation game, they were so tired that like three of the women had to drop out due to exhaustion. They borrowed some players from the Mexican team. Because they were like, we don't have enough people. And those women were like, I'll fucking play forever! (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Mexico um, got through, won both of their games, and got into the finals. Uh, the finals sold out at a pretty high ticket price, the 120,000 wow. seat El Azteca Stadium. The n- week before the match, the women for the Mexican team said, wow, this is going really well. We're national heroes. Mm-hmm. We're about to play in front of 120,000 paying customers. We're getting global press coverage and we're playing for the first women's World Cup in history they getting paid for that we should get paid yeah <laughs> there you go fucking knew they it. weren't getting paid anything of course, of course not. not no so they said um can we get money and everybody turned on them the press turned on them the country turned on them everybody was like no who do they think they are um and the answer was flat out no and also like now everybody's really now mad at them you. like why do you want to get paid you're like a woman you should be playing just so that we can look at you and also bouncing ass titties i forgot to mention it's 1970 and all the press coverage is like hey soccer's sexy now right yeah and then here's, can you pose naked and just put this ball in between your legs here's the mascot which oh. uh, if you know anything about soccer players it, that's not the shape they come in. No, also yeah. they, she looks right. eight. Yeah, also that. Which is gross. Oh, yeah. Look well, at this sexualized eight-year-old she cartoon. She looks eight You're in every way that? except for like the childbearing hips. Anyway, so it was like... Uh, but only the- eight from the waist up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking gross. gross. 
the English team was hilarious about it because they were like, well, yeah, there's a lot of sexism in women's soccer and like we get a lot of like men just coming to ogle us. But at least when you're playing in front of 80,000 people, you can't hear what they're saying. Yeah. It just sounds like it's noise. too much so this loud is more fun. noise. God, the concessions we make. <laughs> so, at least you can't hear it. <laughs> um, the night before the match, the women's team got together and said, okay, we didn't get any money, but... 120,000 fans are going to watch us. We'll play. Yeah. Um, so they decided to play for their country. Fucking put a tip jar out. Yeah, right? exactly. Right? Uh, and they played against Denmark, who had won the year before and runner-up the year before that. Mm-hmm. And they got their ass kicked. Three to nothing Because they were just demoralized. Yeah. By Denmark? Exhausted. Yeah, Denmark won again. Three <laughs> to nothing. Yeah. But it was still a very successful thing. So now FIFA was like, hmm... They you know draw what? people. We're just FIFA. There's no men, women in the name. Mm-hmm. We could do women's soccer. You know what? We officially sanction women's soccer from now on. 1972, can FIFA we, does women's soccer. Can we pretend like it's 30 seconds ago? Yes. Yep. To Denmark? <laughs> Something is rotten in the state of there Denmark. There you go. Classic Shakespeare oh. joke. I'm glad you had to Google that. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, Okay. You knew it was there. I didn't want to say you it just wrong. Had to find it. So FIFA lifts its ban on women's soccer. That means all the organizations are open to support their women's soccer team and everything like that. And that any official like professional soccer matches that happen have to run through FIFA now because of their like weird ass monopoly mm-hmm. on soccer. Um, and the way that the FIFA won their little fight was to officially sanction it and then give no money. Oh. So everybody, any woman who wanted to play professionally would have to play professionally for free. Is that, that's like the Olympics, right? That, yeah, it was okay. kind of like the Olympics. And so, but but the designation of the Olympics is that you're not professional, right? You're amateur. You're amateur. FIFA so saying you're professional, professional but we you can't be paid. Well, we're not going to give you any money. Wait, we're not going to share. The fuck on. No, you can get paid. Olympics, but... you're supposed to be amateur. Yeah, yeah that's the what point. What in the fuck? gee what the fuck that's why like olympic basketball especially the american team it's like well no they've lifted that it's a sport by sport thing so figure skating still gives a shit so if you go out and professionally like tour you -hmm. can't skate in the olympics and gymnastics but basketball they don't care because it's men oh my god i'm seeing a pattern (laughs) um so wait do they have women's basketball in the olympics yes they do but they amateurs right i do think the wnba can play in there yeah yeah Yeah, i think that they do keep the same rules for at least they're letting them play somewhere by the way congratulations on the uh, to the wnba on their new collective bargaining agreement i'm glad you girls got some money Mm -hmm. um you deserve it you're awesome anyway here here you might be the only one who who knows knows about i saw a tweet about it i I saw that i might get newsletters from also the cmt is playing equal parts women country artists and men country artists now during prime time in case you're out there watching country music videos on cable tv or paying attention at all to the state of country music which is yes. pretty female dominated now yep. yeah that's yeah. probably true. why you know why we've got the better sob stories that's true, that's true. women's we've music. been through more mm-hmm. women-led music is way more interesting a boy named sue suck my dick <laughs> let's talk you know, about murdering earl shell silverstein wrote that song yeah really yeah. yeah if you think about it it sounds like a shell silverstein poem like 
Let me tell you a story about a boy named Sue. Mm -hmm. My name is Sue. How do you do? Mm. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Just kidding. Guess I'll go walk (laughs) off this edge of the sidewalk. (laughs) Anyway, just to put a button on this. I'm sorry. FIFA did not share any of their money with the Women's Association, so uh, it took them 20 years to get the first official Women's World Cup off the ground in 1991, and women are still fighting in soccer to get anything like what the men get paid Mm -hmm. in any country at all. And everyone, I watched the, like, of all female sports, the Women's World Cup is one that I... 100% 100% watch. Yeah. Just as much as I do the Men's World Cup. It's one Megan of the few, It's one of the few sports mm-hmm. like tennis mm-hmm. and others where people don't argue that women aren't playing it at the same caliber. Right. It's like you they obviously are. Yeah. But no, they can't get paid the same cuz no. they're girls. They, they don't need money. Isn't that weird? <laughs> That's so what their husbands weird. are for. Yeah. Marry well. All right. Hmm. That's not really a weird story. It's just a no, it's, it's I the think truth. It's interesting. Did they at least like pay reparations for the twenty years of not paying women? Nope. Fuck no, I would. No, they're do doing that. the opposite. Yeah. They're paying unreparations. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? Instead of not getting paid, you guys pay us, yeah, motherfuckers. Exactly. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, that's how yeah, like derby is and everything like that. Yeah, you have to pay dues. Yeah. You don't get paid shit. Yeah, it's like it's like improv. Everything works on the improv model in women's sports. <laughs> oh, there's the spectral oh, horse. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Bubbling out from below to suck. Bubbling wa- up from the street. Have y'all watched? Have <laughs> oh, y'all been I watching see. you? Yes, I'm you? done with it. Okay, I'm not season done with two? it. I'm not done with season two. Okay, mm. uh, I'm close though. But mm. in season two, there's um, talk of improv. Oh yeah, a few times. It's so good. And at one point, he was like, "Yes, and is their like theory for everything, which just indoctrinates women to agree to some bullshit." And I was like, "Yes, oh, yes, nice. and yeah, yeah." Nice. Um, that's not a direct quote, but it's a very good quote. It's something I've been saying forever. Okay, let's take the power back as women. Okay. Uh, I'd like to talk about Diamond Annie and the Forty Elephants. What kind of circus, Lisa? It's not. Mm. Um, So this is uh, late 19th century, early 20th century. Um, You know, we have a ton of gangs, right? Like Gangs of New York. We've got the Dead Rabbits and the whatever the fuck uh, Daniel Day-Lewis was. And like uh, the Steve Buscemi one. Yeah. 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 but the uh, Peaky Blinders actually kind of comes into play. Not really, but it mm. was two different. The first season of that was good. Peaky Blinders. Um, but the have... 40 Elephants were an all-female gang. Okay, so they're not actual elephants. No. Mm. They were just large women. I'm just yeah. kidding. They I were wish not. they were. They weren't big boned. No, it was um, because they were working in the Elephant and Castile area of London. Ooh. That's an area? Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's West End of London. Mm. Um, and they were allied to the Elephant and Castile <laughs> mob. So this makes them West End girls. Yes. Okay. Yeah. See. Okay. Um, and they were contemporaries of the IRL Peaky Blinders, but they were mostly close with the Elephant and Castile mob as far as the men go. All right. Um, and this 
there are stories that they were like in existence in the early 1800s, but kind of where people know them is like 1873 to 1950s. Hmm. Um, they were the best shoplifters in London. Hell yeah, because no one suspects yeah. a woman. Nope. Uh, sure don't. Big old dresses. Also, it was a time where um, like privacy was really in. And so right, like you when you ask, so the yeah, opposite so when of you, now, like walked into a store instead of somebody being like, hi, welcome. How can I help you? Which I f- also fucking hate. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they would be like wave from afar and mm-hmm. then let you do your shit. So wait, when was this? 1870s? Uh, this was early 1900s. Early 1900s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they, you know, obviously were able to like hide shit in their skirts and their fur coats and whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, their crevasses. Mm-hmm. This is like a quick side note on the history of shopping. This is still when it was relatively recent to even put the stuff out. That was like an innovation in France in the 1870s and 80s to With put like the stuff couture. out for you to look at it and yeah. touch it. Before that, to shop, you went into a shop and you asked the person behind the counter to go like bring you things and then they would show them to you like like you do at a uh, jeweler Mm. it was everything was like a diamond store and then they're like we'll fit it to you specifically Mm -hmm. so like that was an innovation in france that you could browse around and pick things up and look at them by yourself and it turns out that made shoplifting easier okay back to you that's okay that's also (laughs) fucking with my head (laughs) um so the the leader of this group was uh diamond annie i have her real name somewhere God damn it. God, I hope it's Annie something. No, it's like... It's actually it's Anne Dynasta. It's Alice? It's Alice something. <gasps> is it... Alice Diamond. Is it Alice Liddell? Alice something. So God very damn close. it, Lisa. Um, so Diamond Annie... Uh, oh, I had her name right... In, God fucking damn it's it, okay. Friedrich. Um, she was also known as the Queen of the Forty Thieves, but she ran the gang very ruthlessly um, from the 1910s and 20s. Um, she dressed in expensive furs and arrived by limousine and she would like walk into these high-end department stores and then just steal a fuck ton of shit. Hell yeah. In under an hour. Like they were in and out and then they had like just so much fucking money's worth of things. Hmm. Um, but then what did they do with it? So they sold it off. Like at pawn shops? Yeah. They Mm. never kept off the truck style. They never kept any of it because Mm. they're smart. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, I guess in the, okay, police called them hoisters, <laughs> which for some reason sounds sexist, but it's, I guess it's not. Um, <laughs> you're right though. It does. Sound it does. It's like, that's what they would call a bra. Speaking of bras, mm-hmm. they hoist your boobs up over the oyster holder hoisters. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I heard oysters. I, I don't know Over why. Over the oyster. Older hmm. oyster. Now I just want oysters. Mm. Um, so they also, so aside from like going in and just shoplifting, they also like in Gangs of New York when Cameron Diaz is like, I'm dressed as a maid. Look at mm-hmm. me. I'm going to go in here and mm-hmm. like swindle some shit. They did that as well. So they would disguise themselves as maids and then go into these rich people's houses and be like, fuck you. Um, and then, let's see. In 1915, the 40 elephants descended on Selfridge's department store. We're all familiar. Uh, and more than a dozen members showed up 
at this one place at this one time. Woohoo, flash mob. Mm-hmm. Right. Just and then take everything. They were showing up in black cabs and groups of three or four. So it was like, oh, it's just me and my two friends having brunch. Uh, and now we're shopping. <laughs> I love this. And the chauffeur held the door open. So every like the obviously the department store people were like, oh, we're going to make some money. Yeah. And that's just kind of like what they did. Um, in one hour, the women plundered the store, taking clothes and jewelry without detection. Before cameras and before people like realized shoplifting would be a problem, mm-hmm. that must have been if you were like a pickpocket on the street and then stores started being like that, you'd be like, okay, well, you're just, you're just asking me to do this. There? Yeah, I have all these skills for yeah. taking stuff undetected and now I'm just lifting it off of shelves. Thank you. Mm. Oh, to be a shoplifter back then. I mean, I guess someone could probably really easily just straight up kill you and everyone would be like, cool, whatever. Eh, Yeah. But think how much you could, you know, pinch before that. Yeah. So much gum. (laughs) And I fucking love gum. Did y'all ever take something from the grocery store and your mom was like, no, no, back. We got to go back. Mm -hmm. Look what you've done. That Snickers bar is not worth it. Jolly Rancher We can talk about the far past tense like that. Yeah. The far past. Um, mm-hmm. so I still need gum sometimes. Two of the women, Maggie Hughes and Diana Black, were able to like take the 600 pound, well, not pound, but pounds, like, like money payment pounds. Yeah. for a coat. Um, the women then went to a tailor who custom made the coat, dressed in furs of their own. And then after asking about the prices of different items in the showroom, they managed to hide the jacket under one of their own. So they've got a fur under a fur. Hell yeah. Nice. I mean, disguise. That makes yeah. sense. And they didn't even notice it was go- gone for like 30 minutes. Um, they reached out to this detective who said like they're the cleverest lifters in the country and their associates regarded them as the most expert thieves in the world. They operated all over the country and their methods were so remarkable that they had never been seen to take any goods and none of the taken property had ever been recovered. Yes. Mm -mm. Perfect record. Straight A's. Um, they were experts in their craft. Uh, one member wore a false arm so she could conceal Tight. her real one it's under her coat. To sp- yeah. Her. Well, that's also fucking Cameron Diaz does that in the goddamn movie. Oh, she I does. love that movie. She like pulls that. That's yeah. right. I forgot about yeah. that. And steals that timepiece. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> As the sophisticates call it. <laughs> <coughs> this one 19-year-old in the gang was caught like in an emporium uh, and police found that she was hiding 45 items under her skirts. Hell yeah. That's so many things. That's a lot. You're going to rattle when you walk. Yeah. Also imagine how strong you must be from like walking around just weighted down by this Mm -hmm. shit. Well, Mm -hmm. these are women who would like walk everywhere and do everything. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. people were really strong back then. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. They, they would, yeah, like I said, they would come in with a large group and swarm a counter asking to see jewelry. So there's just so many people in there that they're yeah. like, oh, I don't know. Here, um, mm. I'm gonna let me go in the back and look for that. Yeah, and they're like, well, this is a really busy day. It's classic. You I'm go gonna make in, a lot of commission. Uh, three of you all ask for uh, different shoe sizes at the same time. Get all the salespeople off the floor, and then you. Karina's yeah. done this before. I no thanks. <laughs> Diamond Karina. Um, <laughs> so they also would do um, the thing where they go in, try on an expensive necklace, and then leave, create an identical one, and then go in and swap it for the for the real one. Nice. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Which is like that. I feel like that's advanced for the early 1900s. It is. People do that with electronics too. That's why you're not allowed to return electronics. Mm. You can like open up a, you can get a CD player. Well, this is showing my age now. (laughs) Um, You'd open it up, you take all the guts out, seal the box back up, return the box. And they didn't like feel the weight difference. Now you've got a working CD player. It doesn't have a case. You put in a cardboard box and the CD player. Karina, I need to know more about your past. (laughs) (laughs) I read a lot of books. Mm -hmm. Yep. She's just a book nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, That's an- how I know it. Another thing that would happen is that Diamond Annie would walk into a store that already knew about Diamond Annie. So they were like eyes on her. Oh, but fake then mustache. there's two other women behind her. Nice. Right, that are like, okay, cool. Steal, steal, steal. Yeah. Because she's the ultimate distraction. Yeah. That's smart. That's using your noodle. Um, <laughs> same thing about them going into houses. Uh, the gang stole things worth thousands of pounds. Um, they made enough money to financially support their male spouses. Um, why did they have male spouses? They were fine. I know. Hmm. Um, well, it was a different time. Hmm. Uh, the spouses in question included both, uh, men who just sat their fucking asses at home Hmm. and also, mm, inmates of the british prison system oh i wonder where they met them Mm, mm, mm. i like these women um (laughs) they uh so for decades you know the she was called you know the queen of the 40 thieves um there was the first queen mary carr she may have founded the 40 elephants but also it may have been someone before her Mm. uh she also had aliases like molly main polly carr um she ruled the group for decades and then in her 40s she was known as the most dangerous woman in london yes bitch and then she passed it on to diamond annie um and then diamond annie was known for also being fairly ruthless um and then she was before she was even like the head of it they were like oh she loves those fur coats this is a very fur coat related Mm -hmm. gang yeah. I mean, back then, those were the, that's yeah. the coat to have. That was the thing. Yeah. Um, so Diamond Annie grew up in Southwark, uh, close to Elephant and Castile Deal. Castle. Yeah. Mm, I spell things. I like um, Castile. I do too. Uh, so that's you know where they got their name. So she didn't go far. Uh, <laughs> just kind of stayed in there. Found a good gig. Um, she. She didn't steal enough to buy a car. Yeah, they did. I was like, did they have cars then? God damn it. Um, So they also were like, oh, you've got the perfect name to be a jewelry thief because your last name's Diamond. Uh, 
She also would cover her fingers in diamond rings. My bitch. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fucking love that. Uh, she also had a, quote, punch to be aware of. Uh, <laughs> Which I love. Yeah, and it sounds like something you put on a wanted poster. Mm-hmm. She was also five nine, which was nice, much taller than the average man at the time. Mm-hmm. Suck it. Uh, <laughs> I like um, that you just turned into like the hype man for Diamond Annie. Suck it. Suck it. Uh, they punch to be aware of. <laughs> Suck it. Well, because she would punch with the rings on her. And then that I would be like, aware of that. Imagine yeah. rings and a roll of quarters. Fuck yeah. Jesus. I'm going to end up in jail one night. Um, <laughs> maybe tonight. Maybe. Hey. Um, Go so shoplifting after they this. They actually did invest in fast cars to transport their shit okay. uh, and outrun the police. They also started transferring things through the British railway system. Uh, they used trains to travel to a town, deposit their empty suitcases at railway stations, and then during their return trip, the suitcases were filled with stolen goods. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but in 1923, uh, Maggie Hughes made a rookie mistake. Uh, mm-hmm. She walked into a jewelry shop, looked at diamonds, grabbed a tray of 34 rings. <laughs> God damn it. Yep. Uh, and then she ran directly into a police officer. <laughs> Oh man, that's that not re- like that's a just comic. bad timing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the women were always dressed in the latest high fashion and furs. Uh, and then they would, uh, they would they brought the merchandise to stores, traders, and pawnbrokers willing to buy the items, and then they would use their money to buy to you know uh, legally buy their own shit. Hmm. Um. Diamond Annie became the queen of the 40 elephants when she was just 20. Um, And then she had a lot of rules. One of them was no drinking before a raid and early hours to bed. (laughs) And if a member is taken into custody, others must be willing to provide an alibi. That one's good. That's no snitching. Yeah. And like a little extra. Um, So this is where some things... Okay, so some things go wrong. Um, let's see. Let me open this other link because I did research. So she had, you know, this lavish lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then in the eve, so in December 19th, 1925, uh, at the old Canterbury Social Club, uh, the 40 Thieves or two of the 40 thieves, Maria Jackson and Bertha Tappenden start drunkenly throwing insults <laughs> at one another. Then Jackson yeah. attacked Tippenden with a broken wine glass and it cut her face. Ooh. Uh, Jackson's father, Bill Britton joined in. <laughs> what? Yeah. He first threw a glass of stout over her. Then he punched Bertha and a cat fight escalated into a vicious barroom brawl. Um, he eventually dragged his daughter away. Things petered out, but uh, th- it had stirred the remaining drinkers who were now ready for a fight. Mm. Um, maybe there was a soccer game on. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> you never know. Yeah. They're real hyped up. They love it. A few nights later at the same club, the only talk was of Jackson and how she and her father hadn't got uh, their just desserts. So everyone's like, they need revenge. 
Um, this included uh, Diamond and Maggie Hughes. They drank heavily until midnight, um, and then they decided to head to Jackson's home. And as they departed, some of the men gathered up bottles and glasses and anything they could lay their hands on. Mm, that doesn't so, sound good. No. Yep. Diamond Annie leads about a dozen people to attack Jackson's house. Inside, there was Maria, her father Bill, and her mother Mary. When, mother Mary. I'm mother Mary. When the when they arrived, others from the surrounding streets soon swelled their ranks. Uh, Annie knocks on the door, and it, when it's answered, she had a jug full of water chunked in her face. <laughs> <laughs> she ordered the door be broken in, and um, you know they're trying to keep the door shut. Uh, they were all armed with bottles and bricks. Some of them had guns. And there's like 30 to 40 people all outside of this house. And then um, the mo- they smash in the windows. And then they go to break down the door. And Bill and his wife are up against the door just trying to hold it shut. The door obviously gives way. Mob swarms in. Those who couldn't fit in the hallway pelted the house with bricks and bottles. <laughs> This sucks. Uh, Bill runs upstairs. He's chased from room to room. He tries to flee and he's slashed uh, with knives and razors. His face was badly cut. The 15-year-old son tried to intervene. He was knocked down, badly beaten with, quote, life preservers. Uh, the I don't know what that is. These, uh, oh, it tells me. Um, <laughs> well, no, still don't get it. Rubber koshes? I don't know. Koshes? Uh, that comes from uh, the victim will just receive bruises and broken bones. So it's like Sergeant Baker, whatever. What's that movie called? I have no idea what you're talking What's about. What's that? Uh, I just remember the Primus song, but it, it's that Kubrick movie about Vietnam. <sighs> we need a man on this podcast. <laughs> Is it the the bomb it's, one? It's the one where they put the soap in the socks and beat the shit out of the, oh, the big oh, boy. Is that full metal jacket? Yes. Full yes. Metal jacket. yes. 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 Got it. Um so I guess it's kind of like that. Anyway, nice walk. Uh <laughs> so then the police show up and um they arrest two and the rest, including Diamond Flea. Um Bill's face required twenty five stitches. That's eh. not too bad. No. Yeah. I got this face is, by a dog and got eighteen. This ends up being called the Lambeth Riot. Like Lambeth bread? Hey, man. But with no. the TA, like with, if you had a lisp. Oh, okay. Lambeth yeah. bread. If you're going to go riot. cause a ruckus, make sure it gets called a riot. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. a, that's what we're putting on your tombstone Thanks. when you die. Um, so she was eventually, very quickly after that, uh, they did capture her... Um, just like I think like the next day and then she was sentenced to 18 months and by the time she was released she had been replaced <gasps> oh they couldn't steal the throne her? god mm-hmm. the maternity leave is mm-hmm. not a good plan with mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the I mean that is a long time 18 months yeah yeah like to be didn't she have like a loyal deputy or something uh yeah it was Maggie who I think was involved in the previous <laughs> altercation right okay um, so the woman who took over was Lillian Rose Kendall, 
but she had like a 1920s bob, so she was nicknamed the Bobbed Hair Bandit. Hell I like that yeah. too. I like That's that. Good. And just like same through, uh, same thing, except uh, what she would do is drive her car through storefronts <laughs> and grab jewelry. <laughs> a little more smash and I grabby. I love yeah. that. And then... Um, <laughs> God is so great. It's a lot less subtle. Mm-hmm. Annie was like, I'm not, I don't want to fucking fight this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> then, so she retired as the queen of the 40 thieves and ran a cat house in Lambeth <laughs> until she yeah. passed in 1952. Now, do you mean like a house of prostitution or did she just have a lot of Ill cats? repute. Um, I'm going to go hose. Yeah, I was hoping. Like a hosiery. She did just become an old, an old cat lady. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the story of Diamond Annie and the Forty Elephants. I like her, and I, I would like, like her too. to be mentored by her. Yeah, I well, yeah, but I also want to just drive my car through a storefront and load and it up, hop out, and just grab a bunch of random yeah. shit. Oops, yeah. sorry, yeah. I'm a woman driving. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> You'll never get me coppers. Yeah. Drive away. <laughs> And they're like, no, we got you. It was easy. Your tires, Your are, tires flat. are flat. You crashed through a store. We have it on video. Store you posted about it on Twitter. Your engine is on fire. Man. Yeah, you really You're don't. You're standing in front of us. And why did you take a selfie in the middle of that? <laughs> Make a story out of it. Clink. Excuse yeah. me, officer. Someone put this building here? It's <laughs> fucked this up. This used to be a throughway. Oh, my God. Is somebody trying to make a strid around here? Ugh. A strid. <laughs> I just love an all-woman, all-female gang. Yeah, dude. Especially, like, in that time period. Yeah, it's the perfect time period for it. Hell yeah. It's like uh, right in the suffragette zone. Um, suffragette city! Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. Suffragette. <laughs> Don't lean on me, man. Um, I mean, I guess you could... St- there are women gangs now, but it's like called networking and you don't do any fun stuff. <laughs> boss babes. You go to conferences. Yeah, boss babes. Boss and babes. happy hours. Like meetups. Bad bitches. Mm-hmm. We're all bad bitches and we drink martinis. <laughs> women who code. That's a real one. Yeah, that is a real one. There's plenty. Like there's one for everything. Oh, there is. What about women who rob stores? Yeah, what Let's about start that one? What about gangs? Alliance of Women Robbers. A W R Thieves. A W T. I'm gonna go Queen Winona on that one. Ooh, I like that. That's your name? No, Winona Ryder should be the queen. Yeah. Oh, no. I thought you were choosing your robber name. No, the Queen but, Winona would be pretty good. Yeah, for that. I think that sounds cool. Hell yeah. I got like real hard back on a Winona kick the other day because I watched Reality Bites for the first time. Oh, she's so good in that. Jesus. She's just, it's a bad movie, but she's so yeah. magnetic. But it's also like in Houston, in Montrose. So like e- like when they're walking right. up to yeah. their apartment, I'm like, that's every house I partied yep. at and wished I could live in. But it was, mm. I don't know. I never thought about it. There's not a lot of movies that take place in Houston. Nope. It's weird given it's like, Part of an Apollo thirteen. Part of Apollo thirteen. Any astronaut movie has to have a little bit to do with Houston, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's not the same as like. There's no John. The streets of Houston. Hughes for Houston, right? John Houston. Houston. (laughs) And we should stop. Yep.
That's it. Bye. Thanks for listening. Follow us on at Weird Brunch everywhere. And we have a website now. Lisa made us a website. It's so good. Weirdbrunch.com. Urban Cowboy. Urbancowboy.com. What? That was in Houston. Yeah. <laughs>